Well, you guys are on break now, right? Excited? Kind of. Well, you know what? For your first thing you did on break was come to church. Good job. Well done. It's Christmas break. It's Christmas season. And I think now is the only acceptable time to listen to Christmas music. Like when you're the week of Christmas. This, uh, maybe it's, I just feel like every year it gets overplayed. And uh, my long 34 years of life, it's just the same songs again. So, but I was thinking back on the different Christmases that really stand out to me. And there's one Christmas in particular that like is super memorable. Not for the greatest reasons, but very memorable. Like, and it was the Christmas when I was eight years old. Now, my eight-year-old Christmas was one of those that I was like pumped about one particular present that I've been waiting for. I've been asking my dad for something for a long time. Maybe some of you are in that place right now where there's something on Sunday morning that you're like, I think I'm probably going to get it and you're pretty stoked about it. When I was eight, I was just out of my mind because I asked for my very first knife. Now, I grew up in the mountains. This is my culture, okay? My first knife and my first gun were like the highlights of my existence, okay? Still, I mean, and wife and kids and stuff like that. But I mean, my first knife, I was like, if I get it, then I'm, an, then I'm a man. Now I'm a man. And so my first knife, I was so excited. And I was so pumped about it. And when you know it, that morning, I opened up my very first knife. And this is the actual knife, too. It was awesome. I was so excited about it. It's actually kind of a unique knife. And uh, I mean, within minutes, this thing was on my belt. Was a piece of string because eight-year-olds don't wear belts. And I had it, and I was just practicing the quick draw because to fight off bears, you never know. And then within, within hours, I had sharpened like every stick around our house to fight off bears, of course, right? And then a couple of days after Christmas, no joke, I'm, 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 I'm creeping up on a herd of deer in our backyard. And I'm getting kind of close. And my dad hollers from our balcony going, we'll knock it off. And I go, okay, wildlife is the limit. I understand we can't stab wildlife. But then I got bored. Kids ever been bored? Now, if you've been bored with a knife, not, that's, if you start a story out that way, it's not, it's not always the best. Now, before I continue this story, I, I want you guys to all raise your hands right now. Raise your hand, one hand in the air. And repeat after me. I will not... Do what Pastor Will did on Christmas when he was eight years old. Okay, you said it. You said it. So there I was, bored and with a knife. And I had a thought that came into my mind of like, what can I do? Because all the starks, all the starks, all the sticks are sharp now. What, what else can I do? And I had this little thought that came into my mind like, I wonder if I can prank my dad somehow. Prank my dad. I wonder if I could prank my dad. So I, the stock goes through my mind. Like, I wonder, wouldn't it, be fun, wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it be funny if I popped his tire on his car? Wouldn't it be funny? And I let those intrusive thoughts win. I did. I did. I, I, I was so, now, and this is why. Because my dad, he, was, he owned a tire store. So all day long, that's all he did was he changed tires. And it, it seemed as though he liked changing tires. He did it all day long. And so he... He was good at it. I mean, it'd be funny because he's, he gets to change his own tire now. And so I, as an eight-year-old, I, I, creep, I creeped out in the cover of darkness, you know, one night. And I'm going to work with him the next day because we're still on Christmas break. And, and so I, I creep down. I get out. I stab and I hear the air. I'm like, <laughs> and, I get, and I go back upstairs and I, I, I go to sleep just so excited for the morning because I'm going to go to work with him. 
And so I get up the next morning and eat my pancakes and, and I, run, I run outside and sure enough, it's flat. It's totally flat. I'm, yes, I did it. It's so funny. So my dad goes out to warm up the car. I follow him out. And very quickly, I see his body language because I'm ready to go, ha, I got you so good. And I see the fury and the rage on his face. And I immediately change my tune to, oh my gosh, those monsters. They got us. And my dad looks at me because he's not an idiot. And he sees a hole, a little hole in the sidewall of the tire. It's like just perfectly right there. And I'm sure it's going through his mind. I just gave my son, who's eight, a brand new knife. And now I have a flat tire. And so he looks right at me. He goes, Will, did you do this? And I look back up. I go, no, Papa. No, I didn't. You know, I, was, I didn't want to get in trouble. And so at this point, my dad is like 90% sure that I'm, I'm the culprit. So he goes inside to tell my mom. And I immediately go, I have to get myself off of the suspect list. I have to get myself, I need to become a victim too. And so I get another thought. And I run inside in the garage and I grab my bicycle and I, and I bring it out. And I grab that knife and I stab both the tires on my own bike. And I run upstairs and I go, dad, they got me too. Needless to say, my dad needed zero more proof that it was me. And he took that knife away. And when, when my wife and I were pregnant with our first kid, he says, this is a son, or when you have a son, you have to give this to him on his eighth birthday. Or when he, on Christmas when he's eight years old. And so I got it back finally. And uh, oh man, it was just, I was in so much trouble, guys. I was grounded for forever, like my entire year nine of my life, I was grounded. I was the only child. Like, it was just me in the woods and no knife. A bear could have attacked me. But I remember being so excited, so excited that Christmas morning to get exactly what I wanted. So excited. As, as we've been going through the Christmas story here at 4640, this whole thing happened, you know, 2,000 plus years ago. And as we're learning about Mary and Joseph, I want to kind of set the stage that the whole nation of Israel at this point in time in the story that we've been talking about here in 4640 is just like I was that Christmas morning. They were eagerly anticipating something great, like a gift that they could not wait to open. See, there's messengers from God that were just predicting Jesus's coming for like hundreds of years before. So all the people knew that there's going to be a king that's going to save our nation, but the way that Jesus came wasn't quite the way that they expected. It wasn't quite the way they expected. Now, last week, Madeline, Pastor Madeline left off with Mary, who, well, Mary and Joseph, and they were being obedient to, to what God had for them. Mary in birthing the Savior of the world, no pressure, right? Joseph being the stepdad of the Savior of the world, again, no pressure at all. But I want to jump back into that story right where she left off. Now, at this point in time, the emperor of the land wanted to count everybody within the kingdom. And so he comes up with a plan saying, you've got to go back to your like, family's hometown. For me, like my dad's family lives in Denver, so I'd have to go back to Denver. And, and he would have all the people go back to their family's hometown and register so that everybody could be counted. So Joseph understands he has to go back there. So that's where we're going to jump into the story. So we're going to jump in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 4. It says this, he, meaning Joseph, had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home. David was one of his ancestors. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. So Joseph must travel around 90 miles to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem. 90 miles. That's how far he needed to go. 
Verse five, he took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting, who is now expecting a child. Now this one sentence needs so much more explanation because it's like they traveled 90 miles in one sentence. Boom. And if you caught Pastor JL's message in, in big church last week, she went into the whole idea of like what it's like to travel while you're pregnant. I personally have never been pregnant. So I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going to tell you what it's like to be pregnant. But I did Google something. And this is what I did. I Googled where from Grand Junction, like, is there, is there places that are 90-mile walk away? And if you were to walk from Grand Junction to Moab on trails, like over the monument, over Glade Park, it'd be 92 miles away. So imagine walking 90 miles. you got four days. You're taking a food, water, and you got a really pregnant lady with you. Really pregnant lady. Now, my, my wife and I, like when, when she was in labor with my son, like from our house, you can see the top of the hospital. And there were words that came out of my mouth and my wife's mouth that we want to forget about. And we could see, we drove to the hospital. It took us like, like two minutes to get there. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine being on foot camping on a road with a pregnant lady like that. It'd be, it'd be crazy. All right, back to the story. Luke chapter two, verse six. And while they were there, meaning in Bethlehem, so they got there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him, in snugly, wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, which is basically a barn, because there was no lodging available for him. So there's no lodging for him. They had to find a barn. Now, I love the Bible so much, because right here they just go, she gave birth, pretty much. Now, there are some parts of stories that, like, I wish I had a little bit more details to, like some parts. I, w- I wish I had some more details to. This isn't one of them. I don't want to see someone else's birth. I saw birth twice. Don't want to see it again. I don't. But we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the Savior of the world. So as we're, as we're looking at, you know, the angel Gabriel's perspective of what it could have looked like, it, it could have looked something like this. Cool, cool, cool. Super important day. Really need to make sure things go well today. I need to check in on the birth of Jesus. I've never seen a human birth before, so I assume it's something beautiful. I assume it's really peaceful. Uh, I bet it's a lot like a silent night. That's a good idea. I'm going to write that song title down. I need to make sure they don't see me, though. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Joe. What? What? Joe. What? I don't know what that means. Oh, my gosh. It means the baby's coming. What do you? What? Wait, what's coming out What do you do? Wait, what happened? Joe. No, no, don't start gagging, because if you start you got it, you got it. If you start gagging, if you start gagging, I'm start gagging. I can't do it. We can't do it. Did someone here call for a midwife? What is the midwife? No, I just got the one wife, the almost wife. She's like a pre pre wife. Oh my gosh. Who are you, mid? You're not my wife. Who are you? Whose wife are you? Shut. Up. I don't know what's happening. I called for the midwife. I'm having a baby. Our baby's coming right now. Please. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Why did you ask her to come? What she can do? What can she do that I can't? Literally everything. Literally everything. I want to help too. You want to help? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you help if you can tell me what the umbilical cord is. Uh, like, like I got my like no. my charging oh my cord. No, uh, I, it's it's actually no. it's a secret chord that David played to please not, the Lord, but I'm gosh. not really into music. They can't hear me. I don't no. know why I'm talking. He's, about. he's not actually the father. It's oh, okay. He's not. Oh, thank no. God for that. Amen, yes, sister. Good. Amen. Okay, well, um, how far apart? How far apart are your contractions? <laughs> like a minute. <gasps> Is that oh fine? 
No, that's okay. It's good. Um, let's go ahead and lay down, though. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. What is that? Um, is that good? Okay. Yeah. What let's do I need down. to do? Let's just, lay down. And just, um, it's yes. Fine, Joe. I got it. It's fine. I'm just super pregnant. Yes. It's okay. I All got right. it. Okay. Thanks, dear. This there is you a go. disaster. Yep. And um, as soon as you're down, no. Nope. Um, I nope. need you to start pushing. Hey, I can help push. I'm super strong. No. I can push too. I'm super strong. I'm an angel. I'm strong. He is. Yes, push. Like right now. Go ahead. No, I don't want to. Yeah, no, you got to start pushing. Ah! Oh, my goodness. Oh okay. My okay, come on. You can do this. No, Keep pushing. Okay. Oh, my goodness. What's happening? Wait, I see, I see the head. I see the head. There's a head? <gasps> it's coming. He's almost there. It's coming. <laughs> Oh, the things you can't unsee. Birth. <laughs> It'll leave you different. It will. It will. But here in this story, we see what one of those messengers from God predicted hundreds of years before and what Matthew wrote in his gospel. Matthew 1.23 says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Everybody say, with us. With us. See, Jesus gave not just Israel, but the entire world the gift of with. The gift of with. Can you guys say this with me? One, two, three. Gift. The gift of with. Have you ever had a friend that like, if, if you're just with them, it just makes life better? Like you could be watching the dumbest movie by yourself and you just, no emotion. But as soon as you watch that same movie with like a really good friend, all of a sudden the movie's good, Right? Well, that's the type of with that we're talking about when you're actually with someone. That Jesus' name, Emmanuel, one of the names that he carries is God with us. And the same is true for life. When we walk through life, sometimes it can feel like a dumb movie. Like, it's just not that great. There's a lot of stuff that goes on and it's hard. But as soon as you start understanding, like, Jesus' name is, is with God, with us. All of a sudden, that dumb movie of life becomes bearable. And there's still struggles, there's still hard parts and stuff like that, but because Jesus' name means God with us, all of a sudden life just means something more. Life is, is fun, it's enjoyable, there's more fruit to it, and it just comes off in such a better way. God with us. Now this idea of God being with his followers is something that makes following Jesus different than any other religion out there. Because Almost every other religion has some type of like little G God, meaning they're not real. It's not a real type of God or, or anything like that. That the only true God is like God in heaven, like the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's, that's who we're following. We're talking about Jesus here. But all the other religions has never had a God, like little G God, come down from somewhere above humanity and live life with them. No other religion out there does that. That's, that's what makes this so, so huge, so special that God would have his own name. Jesus would have his own name that says God with us. We're talking about the gift of with, the gift of with. See, the truth is that the God of the heavens and earth, the one we worship in this place, he's the one true God and he is with us. See, when Jesus was describing himself to his followers, this is what he says in in John 14. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And life is with. The reason he is the life is because he lived with us. He, he felt temptation. He felt fear. He, he, he went through the things that we went through. Though he lived perfect life, he still died. And he rose again. 
God with us. He understands every single thing that we go through because he gave us the gift of with. And people go their whole lives trying to get toward heaven. I want to get to heaven. But the truth is, heaven came down to us. Heaven came down to us. Jesus left the throne of God and came down to live life with us. What does that tell you? That you're something special. He says that you are worth it. You are worth leaving heaven for to live with you. You right now. Not just those people 2,000 years ago. That's what makes us so, so special. The gift of with is something greater than anything else you'll ever have. The gift of with. Heaven came down to us in the form of Jesus living life with us. It's, It's crazy. It's awesome. It's huge. To actually have God walk with us here on earth. And as we jump into the story, we see how big it is because what happens next in the story after Jesus is born, it can only be compared to a couple of the things in all of scripture, in all of scripture. And it said, heaven rejoiced, which doesn't sound that crazy just in that one little sentence. But there's only a few other times where all of heaven opened up and you can see something glorious. And it happens in this story. And as we're talking with we're looking at Gabriel's perspective of the, of the whole story. I wonder if that whole interaction went a little something like this. All right, come on, guys. This is it. This is what we've been training for for all of eternity, right? This is it. This is our moment. We finally have an audience, right? We have an audience. Woo! Is it it a king? (gasps) Ooh, that'd be so cool. Or is it, okay, maybe not like as cool, but maybe like a Russian czar Mm. or like a queen of like a faraway exotic land. Ooh, the queen of Canada, maybe. Oh, that's so exotic. Yeah, yeah, that that would be good. That would be good, yeah. Um, But it's them. The, what? The sheep? Is that a sheep? Yeah, that's a no. sh- that's a sheep, that's a I sheep. guess. No, I and think, um, the I sheep and the two people with the sheep. The, you mean the guy with his finger up, way up his nose? Oh, he ate it! That's who we're gonna sing to for real. That's our audience. What? Yeah, look, look, I get it. It's somewhat disappointing, but guys, focus on the big stuff. We have an audience, and we get to herald the coming of Jesus. What? Hold on just a second. I thought Harold isn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. You kicked him out of Heaven's Got Talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, he's the guy that sang Sam Smith's Unholy oh, in yeah, Heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I stand, yeah. I stand by that decision. I stand by it. Yo, it, but that's catchy, it's though. It's catchy, that's right? Hey, 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 hey. Stop, 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 stop. Focus. Okay. Do I have your eyes so I have your ears? Okay. Not herald the angel, herald to announce, to declare, to make way. You should have started like the, with that. I did. Anyways, huh. let's just, we got to get over there. We got to get started. So let's just get our starting note, our pitch together. Right? Okay, oh, ready? Cool. Jeez. Okay. Uh, that was good. That was good. Nailed it. That was a version of singing. Really let's just good. hope for Thank the best. You. Okay, ready? Okay. Uh, oh, we're going to sing. Uh, okay. Hey, do you? Do you hear what I hear? 
I only hear the incessant breathing of these infernal sheep. That's all I hear. Sheep every day. In eggshells, she's dead. No, no, something about eggshells and cheese. I heard it. You heard it. I heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. Do not be afraid. <laughs> no, not afraid. Don't worry about it. Good. I, I'm glad you're not afraid. That's what I wanted. That's that's why I said it. That's what I wanted. Okay. But anyways, I come bringing good news, the most joyful news ever heard. And it's for everyone, everywhere. It's just us two, man. It's probably not a great start. It's just us two. For today in Bethlehem, a savior was born. He will be known as Yahweh, the Messiah, Jesus. And you will know him by this miraculous sign. <laughs> this guy calling himself a miraculous sign. What you did it? Listen here, you little sheep herder. I'm not the miraculous sign. I'm about to tell you what it is. Are you ready to listen and drop your attitude? Yeah. Okay. You will find him wrapped snugly in claws and lying in a manger. That's it. That's the message. Are we? Do you want us to go somewhere? Go. Hey, find him. Will, will, will you watch our sheep at first? No. I'm not sure it looked exactly like that, but it's unique. It's unique for sure. I remember hearing this story, thinking about the angels appearing to the shepherds, and I always thought it was curious that, like, why shepherds? Why not the queen of Canada? Like, what, what if they came down to, like, the emperor and said, there's a new king in town, you better follow him because he's the one true king. But they didn't. They appeared to shepherds, and I thought that was interesting. But if you think about it, Jesus, I mean, God, they're, they're limitless, and they carry many names. And one of the other names that Jesus carries is the good shepherd. It says this in John 10, 11. Jesus is talking. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. How cool is that? That he came down and showed other shepherds, like he was with his own people. That's who he revealed himself to. He didn't come out on top of everything. He came out to, to lowly shepherds and he told the shepherds, if the shepherds were the ones that gave their life for their sheep, he came to give his life for all of us. That the shepherds themselves would be saved by someone doing the same thing that they do. Jesus is God with us. He is with us. And the truth is, he's still with us. He's still with us right now. He's among us. Now, Matthew 18, 20 says this, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I'm there among them. Where two or three gather together. Are we more than two or three? So it says where two or three gather together, there I am among them. Are you telling me that the, the creator of the universe is in the room? What? He is? Really? Oh. You see how it's different? He's with us now. He's still alive. He lived 2,000 years ago. He's still alive. Where two or three gather together, I am there among them. He's with us still. His name rings true 2,000 years ago. It rang true at the beginning of time. It rings true right now. It will ring true tomorrow and to the end of time because he's God with us. So we have to ask ourselves a question. 
are we with him? Because I can be next to somebody and not with them. If he's in the room, am I in the room too? Are you with me? That's right. So we have to ask ourselves the question, are we with him? So I want to give you three quick ways over break that we can give him the gift of with. Three quick ways. The first one, acknowledge him. How would you feel if you walked into the room and no one even acknowledged that you came in? Like you walked into a crowded room and people like saw you but didn't even acknowledge you, just ignored you. You'd probably be like, what is their problem? Like if I'm talking right now and like you're not listening, like, oh, that would, that would feel pretty bad. But if we know that God is in the room and the truth is it doesn't take two or three to gather for him to come there. He's everywhere all the time. We just got to acknowledge him. Like if a friend walked in that you knew, you'd give him a high five or a head nod or something, right? Like you acknowledge that they, that they exist at some level. So we need to give Jesus those same type of things. I'm not saying you need to like high five the air or anything like that. Although I've done that plenty of times. I've done that. Jesus sometimes can get weird and it's, sometimes, it's nice to get weird too. But ways that we can do that. Because he's with you when you're at home by yourself, when you're at the mall with friends, when you're on Snapchat or you're, or you're gaming or, or you're texting or no matter where you're at, he's there because he's everywhere. And if you just even think, because I mean, the spirit lives in you. If you've, if you've asked him to, to, to come and live inside and give your life to him, all you got to do is just think in your head or in your heart, Jesus, hi. That's it. And all of a sudden, if I realize that I'm in the presence of God, I'm probably not going to cuss. Right? I'm, I'm probably not going to do some of these bad things. But if I realize I'm in the presence of God, you better believe I'm going to be the person God made me to be. I'm going to treat others the way God wants me to treat them. And I will be a better version of myself than any time before. And all I got to do is just think about God's in the room with me. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge that Jesus is in the room. He's here. He's with us. And it can be so simple. It's so simple. You guys want to see how simple it is? Like the access that he gave us? Okay, this is what I want you to do. All right, we're going to do this together. All I want you to do is just say the name of Jesus. Not crazy loud or anything like that, but just like, like he's right next to you. Okay, we're going to say it together. One, two, three. Jesus. You did it, you prayed. I'm so proud of you guys. You did it. That's how easy it is. Jesus, you're there. You're in the presence of the creator of the universe. That easy. That's how quick it is. That's how easy it is. Acknowledge him. Give him the gift of with by acknowledging that he's there. Number two, share with him. I think acknowledging that he's there is good, but that'll only get you so far. Like, you can't get deeper than that if all you do is go, what's up? And then you just keep living your life. Share with him. Share with him a little bit. I, I grew up in a world of Christian t-shirts that were really cheesy. Like it said, ketchup with Jesus, and it's a bottle of ketchup, which I still have mad respect for, really. Is it, or WWJD, what would Jesus do? One of my friends, I mean... You could probably catch the bromance that Sean and I and Joe and I have at some level. And there's one thing that, like, if one, like, best friend sees that there is a company that's giving you a, a custom black T-shirt for free shipping for $9, that best friend puts the other best friend on that shirt, okay? And so this is a shirt. Sean, 
he has a shirt like this that says, I used to listen to Hawthorne Heights in high school, but he, Sean hates the band Train. Hates it. Hates it. And so I made this shirt. It says, I used to listen to Train in high school. That's Sean in high school. That's a high school picture of Sean. Right there. Right there. I have another one. Sean only drinks like the best coffee, which I love about him because I love good coffee too. Folgers is trash coffee, okay? Trash coffee. So I made this shirt and it's him drinking Folgers. It says, their catchphrase is the best part of waking up. And it's Sean drinking Folgers. And I wear this in public. But if I wear this shirt, does it mean I'm with him? No, it doesn't. Just because I wear a shirt that says Jesus on it doesn't mean I'm with him. I gotta share with him, engage with him, share your hurts, your, your, your hangups, your, your even laughter. Like, ask him to tell you a joke. He's told me jokes. Share with him, share struggles and, and heartaches. He's lived life. As a human, he knows what you've been through. He's felt pain. If you share with him, that's one way that we can give the gift of with back. And I promise you, when you share life with Jesus, your life will never be the same again. The third thing, learn more about him. Over break, pick up that Bible. Turn on the Bible app. If you invest in a friend, you learn more about them. You know what they like, what they dislike. The Bible will tell you everything about Jesus because in John 1, it says the word became flesh. The word is Jesus. It's him. The Bible is him. So over break, give the gift of with back to Jesus. Acknowledge that he's in the room. Share your life with him. Learn more about him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are, what you're doing. God, I ask you to bless every single one of us and, and everybody over break. God, I pray that we can hear and see you in the room with us. God, that as heaven came down from earth to us, Jesus, that you came down for us, I pray, Lord, that we can find you, we can see you, we can sense you in the room with us, wherever we're at. And for any of us that are hurting or, or feel sorrow over break, I pray that you can draw close to them. And Lord, I pray that you can give every single person your joy and your strength as we remember what you did, how you did it this Christmas season. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your heavenly name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media or our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights, and we hope to see you there.